Welcome to another episode of the Life Group Leader podcast. Life Group Leaders, we are getting ready for another week of ministry here at Compass Bible Church. The week may change, but our mission never does. We exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, used to help you as a life group leader be encouraged and prepared to lead your life group is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. I hope you are encouraged by the celebration of our two-year anniversary. And as you just think as a life group leader, many of you have been with us since the beginning are very close too. And just to think about how gracious and kind and wonderful God's been, uh, despite us often, uh, that God has been so faithful. And it just encourages us to uh, be faithful all the more uh, as we know that He is going to be... uh, uh, committed to his promises, his love and kindness for us are uh, without measure. And uh, with that, I hope it just gives you a lot of uh, just great uh, zeal uh, and an appetite to continue running hard for him. Uh, we are in our Sermon on the Mount series this fall, uh, subtitled The Countercultural Kingdom. And uh, as we think about the topic that we covered this last week, storing up your treasure, if there's anything countercultural, uh, the, the most ki- countercultural as we think about life, it is definitely our possessions and our money and thinking about them in a uh, kingdom mindset because the world's going to continue pressing us to always focus on our treasures in the worldly mindset. And so as we jump in, let's go into the text in Matthew 6, 19 through 24 and read that. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, neither thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The preaching point from this week's sermon is that even as Christians, we must regularly examine what we pursue with our time, money, and thoughts to determine our spiritual well-being. I think it was helpful, even in the illustration, to uh, package this sermon Uh, in the context of a checkup, going to the doctor, seeing some symptoms in my life, and asking, hey, are we well internally? And uh, really, uh, if we want to be well uh, internally, we obviously need to have responded rightly to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as we're full of the Holy Spirit, and we are asking ourselves, am I walking faithfully? Well, uh, we had three points that we're going to ask ourselves these questions, and it would help determine, from a symptomatic perspective, how our hearts are doing when it comes to serving Christ. The first point was, are we investing substantively in our eternities? Are we taking our treasure here on earth and investing it in a place that does not perish, where the treasure that we have there, the inheritance there, is uh, incorruptible, uh, being guarded by the power of God? Are we making sure that the physical things we have here are being used for the advancement of God's kingdom, uh, that we know as we live that way, there will be preserved there in eternity a reward for us and our faithfulness, not because of us. Often, despite us, uh, God is still faithful to reward his children who fumble and bumble faithfully forward as they're serving him. 
but we got to make sure and ask the question to determine our spiritual well-being. Are we investing substantively in our eternities? Point number two, ask ourselves, are we staying laser-focused? I love the text there where it, it focuses on the eye, and it says, hey, is your eye single? Is it focused? And I love that. They're haplos, right? Is it single? Is it pure and clean? Like, is it looking at the right thing? And, or does it wander off? Do you have wandering eyes is a term that we, we've, uh, we hear in our, in our world, in our time. And here in the idiom, uh, this idiomatic phrase that they use there in, their, in, uh, in the first century, is your eye healthy? Is it single focused or is it looking around at all the other things? And we got to ask ourselves, hey, if I want to be spiritually well, I need to recognize that I'm that a healthy Christian is going to be laser focused on the kingdom of God. My mind is not going to be taken to and fro by every wind of doctrine or every fad or, you know, all the passions of my flesh, but it's going to be staying laser focused on God. And thirdly, if we want to be spiritually well, we need to be make be sure that our money is serving God. I love this because it's such a it's just a strong applicational point uh, to the last few verses, particularly the last verse, verse twenty four of Matthew six, that no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. Now, the best way for me to make sure that m- I am not serving money, that I'm not a slave to money, is to make sure that my money is a slave to God. And if my money is a slave to God, then that will ensure that I will never be enslaved to my money. I love this in just from a practical standpoint that I've touched on probably during a giving talk and during service or during Exploring Compass, but I love this that practically giving financially is such an important spiritual discipline. Uh, and among the, the gospel advancement uh, properties of, of our finances, something that it does to the heart of the Christian is it, it keeps us loose-handed when it comes to our money. Like we recognize that every single week or every single month or, or when as, as you give regularly, you're having to recognize that it is not yours and it's God's. And he's asking you to give up some of your finances to him. And I think that regular reminder is such an important part of the Christian faith to say, this is not my money. It's God's money. He asks me and, and tells me to give it back to him. And of course, there's promises tied to that. There's uh, fruitful ministry tied to that. But I just like, uh, even as I think about the, the spiritual goodness of continually regularly giving back to God's church, of just this reality that it's a regular reminder to say, it's not mine, it's God's. And that is an easy way where I recognize that my money will serve God. And at the end of the, towards the end of the sermon, I had those three application points, the three M's, right? When it comes to our money, we, we need to make sure, because we know God wants us to make ends meet, right? He wants us to make sure that we have the money that we need to take care of our basic needs and that of our families. And so we have to ask ourselves, when it comes to the job we have, am I making ends meet? If I'm not, I need to go find another job. But if I am, I need to ask myself, do I need another job, right? Making money, putting yourself in a better position is, is, is a fine thing, uh, but it isn't the main thing. And uh, instead of always looking for the next best thing, we need to ask ourselves, am I looking for more money because I want more money uh, to serve me? Or do I want more money, even if, I, if that is the case, do I want to make more money to have more money to serve God with? Because uh, if not, really, making ends meet is a good place to sit. Am I making sure 
that I have the finances to take care of the basic needs because God tells me to make sure I'm working to, uh, to make sure I can eat and to make sure my family's taken care of. Second M is monitor your cash flow. And, and there in the sub point, I said, check your ledger to ensure your money is serving God. Uh, even as I talk to me and, and my wife and, and most often a lot of people when it comes to our finances, we aren't so quick to be checking what we're spending our money on. Uh, we recognize quickly when we're out of money. We recognize quickly when money's going into our account, but we're really not looking at the in-between of saying, well, what is this money doing each week? I'm, I'm overspending in this area, but I really don't recognize it. I recognize at the end of the month, there's this big number that I wish was a little bit different. Either I wish I had more or I wish I wouldn't have spent that much, but we're really just looking at the, the macro when we need to be looking at the micro transactions. Go in there and ask, am I serving God with this? And are any of us going to be perfect? Absolutely not. I don't think that's, that's not the point of the, of the application point. The, the point of the application is to say, hey, can we make sure that as I'm single-minded, that as I'm spending money, my mind's going and asking the question, Uh, is this serving God's purposes? Because a lot of times with materialism, we're using our money to get us more things to serve us and to serve our flesh instead of really focusing on the kingdom of God. And that's why we need to monitor our cash flow. And then thirdly, I said to multiply your generosity. It's always this commitment to always be giving more, uh, keeping less, giving more. Uh, I loved uh, when we did the Family Matters Conference, Rick Talcott, as he did the, uh, the financial segment of the conference, he said uh, a really great phrase that I love. He said, you need to uh, you know, make all you can, uh, save all you can, and, and give all you can. And I love that because it's this idea that making money is not a bad thing. Uh, saving money is not a bad thing. Uh, obviously giving is, is really important and generosity is a big part, even of this text, where even in the Semitic language, that idea of having a uh, a, a healthy eye carried with it this idea of generosity. Uh, as, as Rick was talking about that concept, it was like, you, it's okay to make money. It's okay to make a lot of money. You see to make sure that you are gener- generous with a lot of money and that you're saving, you're making sure you're taken care of, uh, but we're not sitting here trying to build storehouses for ourselves like the, uh, the text that we saw uh, yesterday as we were reading. Uh, that we're going to make sure, unlike Luke 12, where you have the foolish the foolish man who tore down his smaller storage ho- houses and built bigger ones just because he had more, he wanted more. And for us, we're going to not be that way. We're going to multiply our generosity. If we're overflowing, we need to be overflowing in our generosity. And I hope those as a life group, uh, as you life group leaders are going into your groups this week, that those be helpful uh, applications to be giving to your people as you're looking at your application questions. And as we do, I want you to even look at your application questions. Uh, even now as we're talking about them, uh, question number two is, as we're reflecting on some of these passages, I have a First Timothy 6 passage and a Matthew 6 where we are in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. It says, how can you, as you reflect on these passages, shift your financial priorities and investments to focus more on laying up treasure in heaven rather than accumulating earthly wealth? I think this is a great question. How do you shift your financial priorities? I know you have financial priorities. At least you should have financial priorities. And I hope you have investments. And really the question is, how can I shift them that I would spend more time utilizing my investments and my finances to lay up treasure in heaven uh, by utilizing my things for the advancement of God's kingdom. And there's a lot of ways to do this. Obviously, I hope you're regularly giving. I hope you're regularly generous to those in need in your community. 
uh, as you're getting older, and, and really it doesn't have to wait until you're old, as we know very well even in our church, that uh, age does not the age is not the determining factor of when you're going to go meet the Lord, but it's even asking, hey, what is my money? Where is my money going when I die? You know, am I uh, am I investing uh, in a way that says, hey, when I die, my money is going to go to kingdom advancing things like ministries, uh, missions. Can I make sure that when my money goes, my family's not fighting about it. I make sure everyone's taken care of. But at the end of the day, uh, if I'm one of those people that has a, a lot of, of money left over, the question is, can I invest that in ministry endeavors? I think that's just a wonderful uh, a, a legacy to leave that you would be able to say, hey, I'm going to make sure I have some money that is going to go to my church, that, that even as I pass away, they're going to be able to continue moving forward. Uh, financially. I love that. I mean, that just shows that you aren't even just in it for yourself while you're alive, that you thought far enough ahead to recognize that there is an investment going on even after you're not here. Just easily practical things that, as you read question number two, could really be helpful for you to apply uh, even to your own life. And then ask you for what specific changes you can make there. Um, Yeah, and this keeps going on and on. What I love about these questions this week is they're super practical. And the challenge of being super practical is they can be super simple if people don't want to answer them truthfully uh, and be detailed in their application. So I want to encourage you to ask double questions. Whatever they they write and say, what do you mean by that? Or how how do you flesh that out a little bit? If you can do that, these are going to be really, really awesome application questions because they're going to get to the heart of of our church. And it's going to help our church flesh out practically how we can begin not laying up our treasures here and thinking instead of the kingdom of God and his righteousness, even as we'll talk about in this upcoming service this Sunday, if the Lord tarries. Um, And even the last question here, like what specific actions or changes in your financial priorities can you make to ensure that your money is actively working to further God's kingdom and bring glory to him? I like this because it's not just a passive thought of like, yeah, I want I want my things and I want my money and I want my treasures and I want my possessions to further God's kingdom. But that this question says, what specific things, actions are you going to uh, in- implement and employ into your life to make sure that you are furthering God's kingdom and bringing glory to him instead of the uh, materialistic pursuit of, of self uh, and uh and, and, our, and our worldly idea of, of possessions and mammon, as we, we see that Greek word there for money um, in uh, verse 24. Uh, life group, I hope those are, life group leaders, I hope those are some helpful pointers to give you as you're going into these, uh, these life groups this week. But I'd love to uh, turn our attention to a couple of life group matters that I'd love to discuss with you guys just a bit. Uh, we have a new process for those, and particularly our Wednesday night life groups, but really all of our life groups, as I, I know this has happened to all of our life groups in uh, one time or another. We now online have what we call a life group transfer request form. And what this is, is, is this is for people who are looking to maybe transfer out of your life group to a new life group. Uh, used to, we, we did this just by... Uh, you know, go talk to so-and-so, and then go talk to so-and-so, talk to a pastor, and then talk to the other life group leader. And it, there was just a lot of uh, uh, ways that communication could fail uh, at one point or another. And so the best way that we have been able to solve this problem of uh, making sure everyone is on the same page when people want to transfer life groups is to create a form online and to have anyone who desires to uh, submit a transfer request to go online you can go to our website at compasshillcountry.org. Go to the Get Involved tab and 
and then move your cursor down to life groups. And once you're at the life group page, you'll see that at the ribbon there right under the big words life groups. Uh, join a life group, life group resources, and then life group transition requests. And once you hit that link, it's going to take you uh, to a form. And uh, then you can fill your, the person who is wanting to transfer life groups can fill that out, fill all that information out, and it'll go directly to us as the pastors. And we can be able to meet with them uh, and make appropriate next steps. And we, we hope that's easy for you guys and it just creates some uh, uniformity uh, and some organization to an otherwise potentially uh, messy and, and muddy uh, request. And so I hope that's helpful for you guys. And I want to continue pointing you to that as you our church grows, you're going to have opportunities and need for people to transfer at different times for different reasons. Hope that helps you guys. Secondly, want to remind uh, those of uh, you, you life group leaders who do not yet have apprentice leaders, it's going to be more important than ever for you guys to make sure that you have an apprentice leader on board. And so this is an encouragement to you. If you do not have life group leader apprentices onboarded into your life group, regardless if you meet on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, this is a pastoral reminder to uh, submit uh, one of the forms and a couple who you would like to be your apprentice leaders because as ministry grows here, the responsibilities that your life groups will take on is going to grow. And I just think of men's and women's ministries. What a wonderful opportunity it is, life group leader. If you are not able to be there every single month, that you don't have to, uh, you don't have to wonder who's going to lead your life group. If we have one of those men's or women's events where they're breaking into life groups, you have an apprentice leader who you guys can share responsibility in that. Uh, and just for example, not that we have a plan to do this in the near future, but if our men's and women's ministries become monthly teachings and life groups, um, many like many churches you've gone to in the past may have a sermon at the men's event every month, and then they'll break off into small groups, which is a wonderful idea. And that will then create a, a necessity to have all of our life group leaders leading a men's group every single month on a Saturday. Uh, and that may be difficult for some of you if you don't have apprentice leaders because you're going to be the one that has to lead your life group every single month versus if you have an apprentice leader on board and you're not able to make one of the men's groups, you can then have your life group apprentice leader uh, take over uh, when, on one of those weeks that you aren't here. And this is true even in the life group that you have meeting in the night that you meet. Having those apprentice leaders allows our church's ministry to continue moving forward even though you're not here. And that is the challenge I want to give you is to say, you need to make sure that the life group that you're leading can still move forward even if you're not physically present. Uh, and that's just good stewardship and good faithfulness. And so with that being said, just a reminder to make sure that you have an apprentice leader and that you onboard them with me. So you find you a couple life group leaders that you would like to refer to the pastors to interview and for us to go through the process uh, in hopes to approve them and onboard them into your life group. So let us know and then we'll take it from there. All right, a couple of announcements, life group leaders. Uh, obviously, happy birthday. So grateful for you. As a matter of fact, at the time of this recording, which is Monday, uh, we're celebrating our actual two-year birthday tomorrow, which we're so grateful that God has allowed us to be here for two years working hard for Him. And we have a baptism service on October the 15th where we're about halfway full. And so if you know anyone who needs to get baptized, it's time to talk to them about baptisms and have them sign up for our next service on October the 15th. Last uh, 
three announcements. Student Parent Night, September the 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. That's this coming up Saturday. So invite all of the parents of teens to be there at church for dinner, for an opportunity to hear from your leaders and from Pastor Evan. And then our Women's Fellowship is September the 28th, which is coming up in just two weeks from 9 a.m. to 11 and then uh, one of those reminders that I gave you guys this Sunday is our 11 service, as a.m. service, as it's filling up, and as our parking lot is filling up, we need more people to uh, go to the 9 a.m. service. And here's one of the things that uh, we ran the statistics on this last week. We had 164 or so, give or take, cars in the parking lot on Sunday. And uh, this is important because with the number of people that we had, including kids, at the 11 a.m. service, our parking-to-people ratio was 1.9. Now, that surprised me, although that's higher than the average uh, car-to-person ratio in America. It's actually quite a bit lower than what I would think at, of a church that has a lot of young families. I thought that we'd be in the 2.75 person per car range. And so what that tells me is there's more cars coming uh, than I thought with the amount of people that we have. And so with that comes a big need for parking. And so Things like carpooling are going to be so necessary as our church continues to grow. And then our services kind of split in 50-50 would be super, super helpful because I would allow both services to continue growing. So just a reminder, uh, life group leaders, if you have people who wouldn't mind coming to the nine, if you have people who don't mind carpooling, that would just be a wonderful help to our church as we continue growing. Because as I joked at the 11 a.m. service, you know, that's free. You know, it's it's zero dollars to carpool uh, and to split service numbers from a 9 and 11, uh, everything else that we would need to do is going to cost a lot of money. And so it is just not my desire to build my kingdom. You know, I, I'm not kind of pastor who just wants to spend money on facilities, but we got to do what we got to do. And I think right now all we got to do is do some practical logistical transitions, and we don't have to worry at this juncture in our church's history about spending a lot of money. And so it really just depends on how our church does and how they respond to a couple of these requests. And so as life group leaders, I encourage you to lead in that uh, so that uh, as our church continues to grow, we can continue managing what God is providing for us. All right, life group leaders, thank you so much. I love you guys. I look forward to seeing you this week.